Are you looking for the best tips and tricks to run a successful dental practice? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bulletproof Dental Practice, interviewing some of today's most successful dentists with your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak. Hey everyone, Dr. Peter Bolden here. Recently, um, I had the privilege of speaking at one of my good friends' dental summit. Um, that friend would be Dr. Mark Costas, and he has the Dental Success Institute, and it has the summit every year. This year, it was in beautiful San Diego, and I was honored to be able to, and invited to come speak to his audience of, of really just awesome dentists and teams and everyone in attendance. I think it was you know right around 300, 400 people. And just a great, great crowd. So if you haven't been exposed to that summit, I think he holds it once a year around the same time, usually in great locations and great resorts. So check it out. I'll put the um, I'll put the link here in these show notes. I'm also, because it was a presentation, I'm also going to post a video and I'll post that on our website um, so you can view it on YouTube as well. But for now, go ahead and enjoy the audio and thanks for tuning in. I'm excited to be here, excited to be here. I have to say in full disclosure, I haven't lectured. I used to lecture a lot about six years ago. Then my first daughter was born, I kind of cut all that out. <clears throat> so true to form, I said, you know, I'm not gonna do a PowerPoint presentation. I'm gonna do something like new technology, which has already caused kind of a snafu in the back. So this is done by something called Prezi, and hopefully it's a lot more entertaining than what I would have done with just a regular slide deck. Hopefully the technology goes, goes through. My intention and purpose today is truly just to deliver value to you all, that you can take some stuff home, I hope, and I don't know how long this presentation is, because like I said, I haven't been doing this in a long time. I don't know if it's, it's going to be a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour and a half. I don't know how long this presentation is. The point is I would love to, at the end, have some form of if you guys have questions. I love like Q&A stuff and just people randomly asking questions, um, because there might be some questions from what I'm talking about. So why am I giving this presentation? Uh, again, my practice is in Atlanta. I have two practices, uh, four locations between the two of them. Um, my, my main practice is a fee-for-service practice. The one I just acquired maybe a couple years ago is a, is a PPO practice. So I feel like that gives me the chops kind of to talk about both scenarios because I know they're both different animals a little bit. So I was born and raised in Atlanta. My, my main flagship practice is in Buckhead. Um, I'm sure a lot of y'all have been to Atlanta or, or, or Buckhead. So here's my practice evolution really quickly. In 2002, I graduated dental school, University of Kentucky. 2005, I started my first fee-for-service practice, scratch startup. And I don't know, and everyone advised me, like, don't do that. You're going to go bankrupt. You know, and I guess my arrogance kind of pushed me into the fact that I was like, I can do this. And it was kind of slow going. You know, obviously, fee-for-service is a little tough. 2009, <clears throat> opened my second location, which is now the flagship location. Added two more associates, and I utilized, honestly, the downturn in, in 2009 recession. You know, you hear the expression, like, never waste a good recession, because everyone else was kind of going crazy, and I, and I said, well, maybe this is the time to try and expand. So I did. There's some stuff in between there, but basically in 2016, acquired a PPO practice. I don't work there. It's really just an, as an investor standpoint, overlaying my systems of what I've done in my primary practice to that practice during the acquisition, and it's, been, it's worked really well. I've become kind of obsessed with, with real estate acquisitions. Um, if any of y'all heard me talk on Mark's podcast, that's kind of my second love is real estate, so I probably have 
five or six commercial buildings, some of which are tied to dentistry because I feel like that is my lane in which I'm good at. 2017, I'm building my third location, doing a second acquisition, fifth property acquisition inside dentistry, and I'm adding two more associates. And then here is the end game plan. I'm going to talk about this some. In a couple of years, maybe they will turn into some consulting, but ultimately my exit will end up being something with a roll-up or private equity. I actually already had an offer last year, but decided there's just so much bandwidth left in dentistry, and I feel like it's such a great economic standpoint that there's so much meat on the bone that I'm going to wait it out a little bit longer. Okay, so that was all, yeah, 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 look at me. I've had struggles just like everybody else, okay? So again, I actually told on Mark's podcast or, or someone's that in 2015, it was the worst year of my life. But 2016 was the best year of my life. So here's what happened in 2015. I had a failed partnership, had to take my life savings and pay off this person, which was tough. <clears throat> Found out that I had been embezzled from a month after I bought her out. Found out I had been embezzled from $560,000. I literally was at the point of clinical burnout, extreme clinical burnout, meaning I had gone so far as I was literally ready to sign papers to sell it to someone because I was done, done clinically. I did not want to do dentistry anymore. I had this, this, I don't know. I just didn't like it anymore. I was done. And because of all this, I had the biggest, you know, and I was having the biggest clinical year and all this was going on. And then my son was born in 2015 and he was six weeks premature. And so there were a lot of family demands, and I was trying to keep everything afloat, but at the same time, I wanted to be at the hospital, so literally, I was at the breaking point, and I would wake up every single day, I kid you not, y'all, and I would, I would sit at the end of my bed, and I would say, just one more day. I'm just going to do today and see how it goes, okay? And, and that's really kind of how it, how it went down. The lessons all this taught me, in hindsight, was that, like, one foot after the other, just keep going, because all of y'all are gonna have, I mean, we all have hardships, right? And especially, I know there's a lot of dental students and a lot of new grads, and like, obviously, there's gonna be struggles in your career, and you, you've already heard some of the war stories up here already. Um, but really, the premise is just to keep going. Here was a cool video. I'm not sure I'm gonna play it, because I'm not sure I'm gonna have time based on the content, but basically, it's all about just taking your goals and putting it into granular steps and just keep looking at the mountain in which you want to go and don't get diverted by all the things that are going to happen because things are going to happen. <clears throat> so what did I do as I was sitting on my bed? What did I do in determination? I said, I'm going to get to this year. I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to finish the year. And I told myself, once I finish this year, 2015, I am going to re-engineer my life and I'm going to take control again because it was totally controlling me and it was kicking my ass. <clears throat> So, again, the purpose of, of work is to provide for our life, and we should work to live, not live to work. So what did I do? I got a little balance back in my life as best I could. I changed my work schedule in 2016 and moved to nine days clinically a month. So basically what that meant is I took a week off. I worked three days a week, and then I took a week off. Three days a week, and took a week off. I'm actually modified that actually a little bit more, and now I work a clinical week, take a week off, work a clinical week, take a week off. Because so much benefit came from me actually clearing my mind and visioneering my company, 
and my team. And I actually crowdsourced this to them. We had a big meeting. And I don't know if y'all have seen like, the texting apps and stuff that you can do, but we were live in the meeting. And I said, hey, if y'all want me to keep the same schedule, text one. Y'all want me to do, you know, have a new schedule so I can spend more time on growing the business and visioneering and 30,000 foot view, text two. And I, and I thought they'd honestly, I, I thought it'd be close. It was an overwhelmingly 92% they came back and said, do this new schedule. So now I'm actually, like I said, doing week on clinically, week on business, week on clinically, week on business. And it's been awesome and liberating. The second thing that I did consistently daily is I created this sheet because I felt like I was so out of whack with all aspects of my life where I'd start being good at one thing, something else would fall apart. And I'm very OCD in that I can be really good like a horse with blinders. I'm good at one thing at one time, but not kind of looking at the global view. So what I did is I made this chart, that I, and I had this thing printed, um, well, 360 times, because I fill it out every morning, and it really encompasses a lot of things. See, I, I fill it out, and I look at my daily gratitude. I know Marcus talked about that a lot. You know, the things I want to accomplish. I don't know if y'all can see. You can't see in there, but basically it breaks it down to God, health, personal development, family, wealth, and I fill these things out. My 2017 goals are all printed there. Right? And I review them daily, and I think that's a huge, huge difference in, in success. You know, having a goal is cool, and I'll talk about that Harvard study that I'm sure you all have all seen, where um, it's pretty fascinating. I'll get to, that, it, it, get to that here in a second. So there's exciting times in dentistry. Dentistry is, was just ranked the number one best job in the country, but, <clears throat> which is awesome. You know? It's like the golden time. You know, I remember when I was in school, people said, oh, you missed the golden era of dentistry. I think this is it, meaning I didn't live in that area back then. I didn't do dentistry back there, but like, how could it not be? I think one of the coolest things that's happening right now in, in dentistry in my practice is the digital technology convergence. Obviously, 3D technology, we've all talked about that. But then taking the 3D digital aspect and making a whole digital workflow. So now we're actually printing. This is a 3D printer in my office, printing out an implant surgical guide on the spot. So now our workflow has increased from being able to do a digital acquisition through, you know, um, I'm drawing a blank now, not the iTero, but the other trios. We do a trio scan, we merge that with the, with the, uh, the CT scan, and then my surgeon can actually do a hybrid splint right there on the spot. So we're not waiting at all. Like our digital workflow is just increasing. And actually now I'm starting to do, I do a lot of cosmetics, and I'm actually doing digital mock-ups that are now printed on these resin models. It's just a video on the, the, uh, the TRIO scanner, and, it, and it's an educational video that we have for patients. And I'm going to talk about that, too. I do a ton, ton, ton of videos. I'm a huge fan and proponent of scalability. And I think doing well-done videos is the best way to scale your education so you don't have to sit there and talk the same thing at every consultation. Um, Maybe he'll get to it. Is there, do you, have y'all y'all all seen this? But I think the trios is cool in that it's a full color scan versus some other like um, intraoral scanners are actually not done in color. So this is true live color matching, which helps in the digital workflow. This is actually one of my surgeons that is doing the, the demo here. Let's see how it just pops up on the screen. Number one, it's a wow factor. For the patients, they rave about this, they talk about it, they put it on their social media. And secondly, look at the data we get right away. 
So the other cool part about dentistry right now, as I kind of alluded to earlier, is that dentistry has caught Wall Street's attention too. It's the, and, and it's caught our, their attention because done correctly, the profitability of dentistry is pretty awesome. So I have some prizes to give away. I'm, I'm gonna talk about this in my lecture too. Favorite book, literally this is like my second Bible right now, other than the first one. And I, literally you'll see I have, it's, I have these books everywhere. I think I've given away about 200 of these to folks in my life who have then probably given out, wow, I don't know, how, thousands from there. But does anyone know the definition of EBITDA? Say it again. Distribution and amortization. You got it, pal. You got it. There you go. Read that book. It'll change your life. Kid you not. So the cool thing about the private equity aspect is if you get large enough in your top line revenue, the valuations can change from being a traditional valuation of two to three times EBITDA, which is what most practices sell for at 70% of your three years revenue. It can change automatically into the six, seven, eight, nine. 10 and 20 times EBITDA is not uncommon at a certain critical mass. So that's what a roll-up kind of consists of. And I just gave away the answer to that one, traditional valuations, I think, which is about two to three times EBITDA. And I had a little book, little book icon because that's when I was going to give away the book again. So we'll, we'll find a, we've got two more to give away. So I think it's super important for everyone to have their why when you're getting out of bed in the morning or you're sitting on the bed wondering when to quit, like your why, you know, you all probably all know the book, your why helps define your purpose and everything needs to be delivered with purpose. So here's, here is my why, here's my wife and three children. Yes, they're young, uh, six, three, and two. So again, what's your why? And I think figuring that out is, is super important for you. I've gone so far as to kind of remind myself, and I've literally put it down so that my family and my team can see it. And my why is to use my God-given talents to provide for my family, my friends, and my team to use dentistry and the business of dentistry to create a legacy, to enjoy my finite life, because it will expire, and know that I maximized it and totally mattered. As Mark mentioned, I have a, a, a podcast called the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. And, and literally when I started it, my wife was like, yeah, because you need something else to do. Like, right? Like, go ahead and why don't you start a podcast? Like, wh why? <clears throat> and at the time, I, I, I really have nothing to gain. I'm not selling anything. I'm not doing anything. At the time, I just thought it was so cool. And I got so much value from guys like Mark, honestly. And I, I truly said, and I listen to podcasts all the time. And I said, man, I really just need to pay it forward because I might have some value to add to someone else somewhere down the way. I have to pay it forward and do it. The second aspect I love about podcasts is the fact that it keeps me super accountable. I get to talk to awesome people, and then I have to make sure that I'm accountable to what we talked about in my own life and practice. So I think the accountability thing is super important for me. So I launched it in 2016. It's been successful. I had no idea like all these cool and unique little opportunities would come just because of that. I had no intentions or no expectations. It's only about systems and marketing. It's not about clinical. I figured there were enough clinical podcasts. And honestly, that's not like where I feel like I should be passionately talking. <clears throat> and again, I told you the why of why I'm doing it. 
I've recently kind of merged with this is my buddy um, in Delray, Florida. He owns a practice called Spodak Dental. Um, and it's a single location. I think he probably does about $10 million a year in one, one single location. Check out his website. It's really, he's really a, he's an awesome dude, just awesome human. And um, so we've kind of merged just to help with content creation because it gets hard month, week after week to create content. I don't know how you do it, Mark, by the way. It's hard to kind of create content all the time, all the time. All right, so finally I'm getting to the, the topic of my lecture, which was the eight habits of the highly successful dental practice. These are not just my habits, and I'm not claiming to have figured it all out by any means. I'm, I want to learn. I have tons of mentors, just like we all do. And um, so I don't contend to know it all by any means. But I am kind of obsessed with this stuff a little bit, uh, maybe somewhat unhealthy. And, you know, and I talk and... and communicate with friends who have a much larger dental networks than me, because I truly believe that if you, you're the average of the five people you spend your time with. And I know that quote has actually been thrown around already before, um, but it's true. You hang out with four broke people, guess what? You'll be the fifth. So surround yourself by people who are awesome people, um, you know, and just resonate with what you want to be. All right, habit one. What I've noticed in habit one of, of highly uh, successful practices is that they have an exceptional and a contagious culture. The team really runs the practice, not the doctor. And once I realized personally that I was not the most important person in the practice, it was, it was you know, a little hard to get over. But then I was like, wait, this is awesome. Because the team took over that culture, and then they, and they violently protect that culture with any newcomer. And if you let them own that culture and that work environment and the fact that it's awesome, we love where we work now, and I'd tell them, I said, you have to protect this house. Going back to the kind of the Under Armour thing, who will protect this house? And the team has to. So get an awesome team, create your culture, be the ambassador of your culture, lead by an example, and then get the hell out of the way. So this is the continuation of that. Back to the culture, I think, the culture of having a morning meeting. Does everyone here have morning meetings? Raise it, yeah, okay. You'd be surprised how many practices, like that's like the lowest hanging fruit in the planet. And like you'd be surprised how many practices just don't do that. And it starts the day correctly. It gives everyone aligned with their goals. I actually did a short little podcast on mine just about the fact that the value of the morning meeting because it's so important. But create a lot of value in that morning meeting. Don't just kind of like read your schedule. Sally Smith's coming in for number four. Like we can all read that schedule. So... I get that, right? So don't, don't, I don't think you should personally do that. I think you should look for stuff like, you know, look at your production and collection goals as it pertains to the month and where you're headed. You know, do you have any same-day opportunities in your practice available? Yeah, Ms. Jones come in from number four, but what about if we did four and five, right? Like, and she's already been treatment planned for it. Like, so look for same-day opportunities. Um, your actual monthly growth number, I don't want to hear my new patients from my office manager Every morning, I actually want to hear the net growth, which obviously we've heard is the attrition minus the new patients, right? That's your true growth. Because if you have a, you know, you can have a wide open front door, but if you have a wide open back door, you're literally just churning, churning. So look for true growth. Again, I talked about outstanding treatment. Is there stuff that we've treatment planned? Outstanding balance. Does Ms. Jones owe us $50? Now's a good time to collect when she's in the office. And then any marketing opportunities that could exist. Do you have a VIP in the office? Is it 
a chance that like I can run in and do a selfie with this person or you know is that person a huge yelper or there's all these little kind of like little hacks that you can just do but you got to plan it and you got to be intentional about what you're doing in the morning meeting because it sets everyone off in the same direction if your morning meeting sucks the rest of your day will probably too we actually get a little prompted I, I am a huge advocate and friends with Rob Bate and I see Weston back there um, from Dental Intel and that has categorically changed our practice um, and the organization and just everything so it, it's amazing amazing my, my office manager is probably like the biggest advocate I think all she does all day long is look at dental Intel information and just like task and do and remind but anyway we get some help with using this in the morning meeting and it helps the doctors look at kind of what's going on before so where do they have individual opportunity again just kind of the team culture you know I try and make it as fun as possible when we're there okay so that's number one number two pride in your physical space if you don't love your space patients aren't going to either so I truly think that your office is your number one investment so people always ask me like hey should I renovate my office yes should I re should I build yes like there's no better investment no better ROI than your lane of dentistry we were all gifted in the fact that you're here in dentistry there's a barrier to entry because you have to have a license to do it so like I'm all in right so invest in your space here are a couple that you know and I realized that the habits <clears throat> of highly successful practices they love their offices and you should because a lot of times they're spending more time there than they are with their family your practice has guests all day long not patients be proud of it just like you would your home make sure it's clean and spotless make sure they have refreshments would you feed them stuff like that it's the best investment you've ever made focus on the patient experience because that will be the thing that differentiates you you don't want to be just differentiated oh we're the cheapest guy in town or we have the cheapest crowns like that's not a good differentiating factor especially in today's economy I don't think so focus on the experience focus on truly making that patient feel like they made a wise choice in coming to you again I talked about kind of you know should you rehab your office or renovate yes I mean people ask me I say do it you know should you build one do it like I'm building one right now so here's a couple here's my buckhead office just kind of going through some quick um, pictures I actually designed it where it's all kind of like a little bit funky like all the walls are kind of like nothing's sharp because I don't like sharp edges in dentistry because it reminds people of needles well, that was a, kind of more like a gun wasn't it but it was like needles right so I designed all the walls without without sharp edges here's another one of my offices Roswell and they all kind of have different decor and such but again that kind of looks like someone's living room right like people walk in and they're like oh this is more relaxing and again the name of my practice is Atlanta Dental Spa so it kind of has to have that to some degree but at the same time make it comforting this is a, a third location I'm building down kind of in the center of the city um, in a place called Virginia Highlands so this is um, this is a picture where, where we kind of I mean this is another video of where you can run this one where we actually educate the patients and like I said I do videos well, on almost once everything. Once you get in that chair our hygiene um, our hygiene team they're going to offer you a paraffin hand wax and they're going to put these warm wonderful gloves on your hands there's this TV in the ceiling you can watch whatever you want whether it's you know Breaking Bad or Housewives of Atlanta um, it's your choice 
and we've also got noise canceling headphones so any of those those sounds that you just really fear or hate when you get in that chair you're not going to hear any of that stuff okay third habit is clinical excellent in patient education and yes like we all say like oh we're clinically excellent and all that stuff and i hear my buddies dental buddies talking about that but i say to them you may be the best crown prep or best dentist in the planet but if you can't communicate that on a granular level to the consumer or the patient, then you lost. Because like no one cares. So I get it. Like everyone says this, like clinical excellence in patient education, but few people actually execute on communicating this. And that's why I love video, because it gives you multiple chances to get the right message across all the time. And then that, instead of having to have that conversation, like I said, a hundred times a day to patients, which gets exasperating as a dentist, it's they've already come in and they yeah, doc, I saw that video. Awesome. So I don't have to say that. So it's scalable. Um, you know, and, and the clinical experience and patient education, become a marketing master as best you can, or a video master. You know, read about storytelling, because really that's the most effective way of marketing these days is storytelling and being emotional and intentional with the way you're marketing. And video, 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 and more video. We live in a video society. Uh, people will not read almost now. I think the text is simply on there so Google can can, can rank it and index it now, but people are video obsessed. So these are two kind of just educational things I was actually gonna show. Um, the one on the left is just kind of going through my Vimeo channel, which is where I host a lot of the Vimeo, a lot of the stuff that's aggregated on the website. You know, I think there's probably 300 videos. This is one where we're just, me and a doc here are just discussing, you know, Veneers 101, and I always say, you know, and we put it down in very, very simple terms because, again, dentists have a dentists are more like technicians and engineers, and we talk at a very high level. Um, so you really have to kind of just break it down, you know, and act like you're talking to your wife or you know, like my my 12 year old. You know, if I can explain it to her very well, then I've done an awesome job. And so that's how I do videos and stuff. Um, and it doesn't insult anybody's intelligence, but it gets everyone to the same level really quickly, and then you take them up. And for that. They appreciate the value that they've gotten. And that's kind of called the law of reciprocity. And I'll kind of talk about that in a second here as well. Number four, practices are addicted to social media. The practices that I see being the most successful and just growing just kind of organically are addicted to social media. And, and they are not outsourcing their social media. I am not a fan of outsourcing. I did that. I have to say, um, many years ago. And I actually have to say, I'm on film, uh, like I said, I lectured many years ago. So I'm on, I'm on film about eight years ago saying that I didn't think so social media had any place in dentistry when I was talking about SEO, marketing for dentists. And man, shows how you really need to eat those words because it's a huge component now of the ranking algorithm in Google as well as just being real to people. So. I see that practices are addicted to social media. They let their team have fun with it. And that's really what you should have fun with. Do not get on there and spew dental offers or dental education. Like, no one really wants to see that. They just don't. I mean, once in a while you can do it, but keep your ratio like five to one, where you're doing fun and entertaining and pictures of new staff, and here's what we did today. And then like, oh, did you know we're the best at doing implants? Something like that, but keep your ratio <clears throat> Keep your ratio good. And then social media, if, if, 
everyone, I think, should be looking at the, the iTunes uh, app store and looking for trends that are popping up. What are the most popular apps that are happening? So right now, it's like Snapchat, right? And yes, that's a younger generation. But before we know it, that will be the mainstay in how we market and Facebook ads. So keep an idea and keep your pulse on kind of what's going on in our society. These are just kind of some shots of what we do in social media. Um, again, like I said, it's, it's managed by the, my team. It's not outsourced. And I kind of have to approve all the content. Kind of. Like, you know, we have fun with it, and usually they're pretty good with it now. But, it, but you know, it's really just having fun. Here's some things I created for the office to, truly to have fun. These are called my selfie boards. Um, and I had these designed, and I outsourced the design of these. But, you know, they're big old boards, and people hold them. And it just breaks the, like, the awkwardness of, like, hey, can I get a selfie with you? And patients are kind of like, you know, but now you give them a board and something to kind of smile about, and it totally changes the... Uh, the environment really quickly. So a few of these boards I have, I probably have 10 of them that kind of lie around the office and people just pick them. Um, right? And people love these, right? And then they post it to their social, which is the, the holy grail in terms of advertising, right? Because then it gets exposed to their friends, which have 200. So now you just got distribution for nothing. And they're just real simple, right? All right, play this one. Because this is what I feel like sometimes with my social media. Sometimes I get so frustrated when there's like no one responding. It, this is Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Is this not why you're here to be entertained? Side note, greatest movie ever created. So sometimes I'm this dental Spaniard. Number five, online reviews, and I'm going to give some little hacks here and the process of how we get some. Um, there's, it's, there's no reason, well, Amazon is the leader in the industry mainly because it has a lot of reviews and like, they were smart with that and people are really drawn to the power of a review. So you cannot overlook this in your day to day because it's a process, it's hard to do and if you're not committed to it, you just won't get reviews. People are not motivated to go home and rank their dentist. They're just not. So maybe y'all have better luck than I do, but like I've found that it's just hard to get someone, especially to remember to go home, do it, do it, do it. So I incentivize them a little bit. Google and Yelp are the leaders in the ranking. Facebook rankings are okay, but I don't really think people read those too much. But it's good to have it, so I think it's a far third place. So here's my Yelp hack. Has anyone had a hard time getting their Yelp reviews listed? Yes. It's almost like, what the heck? People write these glorious, glowing reviews, and then Yelp's like, no, nah, we filtered that one. So I do promotions and giveaways and raffles and such. And you know, I've heard that maybe it's not legal, but I'm not giving away prize money. It's just the chance to, to win something. So I give away a $500 gift certificate at each location per St. Regis, and we call it the staycation giveaway. People get tickets by writing reviews. People get tickets by referring their friends. People get tickets, so they like the tickets, they like the aspect. I've actually now changed that to a $500 Amazon card, which worked, is working better than the St. Regis, because everyone loves Amazon. You will have bad reviews, and this is a Facebook thing. This is actually one on my PPO practice. But you know, I think bad reviews are actually a good thing sometimes, because it gives you an opportunity to take control of that conversation 
and really kind of either, either fall on the sword, number one, if you did something bad, and say you're sorry, because people appreciate just being genuine. I mean, like, that was your fault, Miss Smith. You were the bad patient. Like, just own it. But it gives you also an opportunity to kind of say, like, well, here's what, here's what we do, and here's why we do it. And it gives you an opportunity to really establish your stance again as, as why you did what you did without being argumentative. Like, just, okay, you win, Miss Jones. We were wrong. Sorry. But for everyone else listening, here's why we're awesome. All right, so here's the Yelp pack. Take your patient's email in the morning because all your patient management software gives it to you. Go to, go to find friends on Yelp, type this in, and it'll tell you if they're a Yelper or not. If they are a Yelper, their reviews will not get filtered, meaning if they can't just go and set up an account that day, which is a lot of what people say, like, oh, I want to give you a Yelp review, and they go set up this account the same day, and then they post a review. Like, Yelp's like, yeah, we see through that, not getting on there. But if they've been an established Yelper and they're always reviewing stuff and you find that out by putting in their email address from your patient, <clears throat> uh, patient management software, you can find out who's, who's a power Yelper and all this stuff. And literally, I will go in there and be like, hey, so do you know we have this promotion? Would you mind giving us a Yelp review? And they're like, I'm a Yelper. I'm like, you are? <laughs> no way. Please give us one. Yeah, I'll do it right now. Boom, boom, boom. And they're done. And that thing gets posted. Practices are highly... Number obsessed. I see the successful practice are, are just highly obsessed with their numbers. Um, they monitor their numbers daily in the morning meeting, like I talked about. And what you track and focus on, it just naturally increases. Sometimes people are focusing on the wrong metrics, in my opinion. Um, and I actually learned some of this from Dental Intel. But it's not about your new patients. It's not just about your collections, like, which is all that sometimes dentists get focused on. I was guilty as well. If you focus on the number of patient visits that you have, just as, as a practice, how many people are coming in your doors and putting butts in the chair, and then the, the dollar amount per that patient visit, focus on those two things and watch your revenues go up. Your percent of overhead, obviously that's a huge thing, and then your actual monthly growth, which I talked about earlier, the attrition minus new patients. All right, does anyone know what Pearson's Law is? Just, it just happened in someone else's presentation, but I gotta give away these books. You want to do it? Oh, wait, you're the one who gave it away. Anyone else know? Go. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Basically, pay attention to your numbers. Just, don't just monitor them, but monitor and track them. And when you do that, watch the magic happen. Here's my dental intel dashboard for the month of... March. So it really, I love a dashboard. I love a business intelligence. I love that it gives me data and actionable data in a snapshot. And I love the format. I just like everything about it. So I look at this and log into this consistently. And we use this as truly actionable items. Because sometimes you can drown in data. I don't know if any of y'all have ever seen that. But I used to have software that would just give me all this data. And I was like, okay, well, now what? Like, I don't know what to do with this. But this actually gives you action items, and it actually gives you the ability to delegate. See that 22 up there in that left corner? Gives you the ability to delegate. This is the second part of that dashboard. Again, focusing on kind of new patients, average patient visit, things like that. It'll say, it'll be in red if you're not good. The seventh habit I see, highly successful practices, is that they're really focused on value creation. Value creation from a patient perspective, value creation from an educational perspective, just really focused on value um, because once you create that, 
I think the law of reciprocity, if anyone heard of the Cialdini example, uh, Robert Cialdini did a study on this, and it basically says that for all you marketers, the implication is that you have to go first. Give them something, give them information, free samples, whatever, right? But then they feel compelled to give back to you. And maybe that's giving back to you in the forms of enrollment or being a new patient or sending their friend. But create the value and watch the cycle come back. So these are things that just create. Like I create value, and some of it's marketing, yes, but I try to create value um, in just some of the content that I create and then publish, either social media, or on the website, newsletters, whatever it is, right? But just spending time creating value in some capacity. You even, you know, frequently asked questions and putting videos about your frequently asked questions, like, that's valuable to someone. If someone says, huh, you know, that's awesome. They got value from it, and that's the objective, I truly believe. You know, just charts and diagrams. Again, power of a smile again. These are two infographics that I had, that, that I made. I, I didn't do the graphics on them. I actually created the content, but just putting them out there. And really, I put them out on the internet and, you know, hope that kind of the value comes back. And yes, they're on our website, but guess what? A lot of times people find us by doing image Google searches as well. You know, and these may pop up in, in, the, in Google image. I'm doing okay. Okay, so this is my favorite end topic. Investing in you. And what I see is that the leaders of highly successful practices are investing in themselves. And that can extend maybe to the team and all that stuff. But you have to invest in you. Be serious and intentional about it. Be like CE, totally. You've got to do all your CE to be the master at whatever what you're trying to do. Podcast. Meditate, which I used to think was kind of hocus pocus a while back ago, and I applied that after I had the catastrophic year of 2015, make myself do it every morning. And like, man, there's a lot of truth to that. And if you actually look at the Tools of Titan book, most of like all these rock stars, like 80% of them do meditation in the morning. And it's not sitting with your legs crossed, like fingers and all that stuff. Like, you know, you're using apps like Headspace and stuff like that. So make sure that you're treating your body right. You know, enhance food and nutrition. You have a personal trainer. I have a personal trainer. I have a personal coach. Not because I don't know how to work out or know what to do, but it keeps me accountable. It keeps me accountable for my family and my team because everybody depends on me. You know, I have an executive assistant that helps me kind of just be more effective in my day. Um, you know, I've had tons of blood work done and, and, and just make sure that I'm healthy. Actually, yesterday, I flew out here on Wednesday, wait, yeah, Wednesday, and I had my entire genome mapped at a, at a place up the road, which is pretty sci-fi crazy, but like, I just truly believe in longevity and being good for the people in my life. And then Bulletproof Coffee, there's no relation, believe it or not, to Bulletproof Dental Practice and Bulletproof Coffee, but I'm a huge fan of Bulletproof Coffee, feeding your brain the right way. If you don't know what that is, Google it, you're a big fan? Man, it, it truly, like, it, that's changed my life. I'm not kidding you. But it feeds your brain in, like, a, a stimulated way. And I've, I've got some other biohacks for you on that in just a second. But you've got to be good for you first, and that's not selfish. I always tell my wife, I'm like, look, if I'm not here, this world that we know, it falls apart. You know, it falls apart for our team. It falls apart for my family. So, like, I don't mind saying that, like, I need to be important in kind of the, the assets monetarily that we have to take care of me. I, I'm okay with that. Set your goals, review them daily. Y'all saw my little cheat sheet that I look at every day. 
And then I ask myself, what am I going to do today that's going to move the needle forward for whatever I'm trying to accomplish? Like little actionable items, the 1%, right? And then just try and be epic. Look at your life and just try and be as epic as possible because like literally we all get one ticket on this planet. There's no redos. There's no, oh, shucks, let me try again. Like you get one turn. And that's, you know, I'm 41 years old and that's starting to freak me out a little bit because it just is. Like you start having that revelation like, wow, have I done everything right? And I want to live with like no regrets and just maximize everything. So just form your goals as being epic. Epic, epic, epic is my buzzword. I just love that word. Here's the Harvard study, make your goals. The Harvard study basically says that, that they basically, uh, a study group went in and basically looked at all the Harvard MBAs that were in the Harvard MBA program. And they said, here, who here has goals? 13% uh, raised their hand. 84% did not raise their hand, okay? They said, well, who here has goals, tracks them, writes them down? 3% raised their hand. So 10 years later, they went back and looked at that. Um, and basically, the people that had written them down, the 3% that had written them down, had 10 times the net worth of all the rest of their classes combined. Right? So there's power in that. All right, a couple of recommendations. Here are my four that you can see how mine, Tools of Titans, is earmarked. The 80-20 rule of sales and marketing. Uh, by Perry Marshall, I think is awesome. I think the 80-20 rule applies in everything in life, not just that. Built to Sell is an awesome book in that you build your practice with the, in, with the models and systems and marketing of that you can sell it one day, even though you don't want to. It's a great book. It's a great read. And then I'm a sports enthusiast, and I think Laird Hamilton is just a badass. And this book is kind of just epic. Like, read it even if you're not a surfing fan. It's just, it'll inspire you. It's called Laird Hamilton, Force of Nature. And Elon Musk said, this is the greatest quote. When asked how he learned how to build rockets, I read a lot of books. So here are some of my quick life hacks. When I talked about the Bulletproof coffee, I actually add something to my coffee every morning. Um, it's called a nootropic. Does anyone know, know what a nootropic is? Basically, it's a, it's a neurocognitive enhancer, a natural neurocognitive enhancer. Um, Adderall would be one that's, would be one that's uh, scientifically created. These would be more natural. It's not like an Adderall. But it basically helps you just be supercharged in your brain power in the morning. So this is a chaga mushroom in lion's mane, and it's just a little coffee mix. I add it to my Bulletproof. Maybe it helps. Maybe it's placebo. I don't know. Again, I talked about the mind space and meditating and using that app. I'm not very good at sitting there in silence and just like crossing my legs and being intentional about my day and my thoughts and my process and my goals. So therefore, I, I use the, the Headspace app and it just guides you through it. I'm almost done, Mark. Uh, miracle morning, be very intentional about your mornings. The morning is really the only time that I have with myself, so I wake up a little bit early and, and do these things that are going to add quality to my life. So I think that you know, the gratitude and stuff like that is huge. What's the deal with Bulletproof? We talked about later. Basically, Bulletproof, for those of you who don't know, it's tons of fat in your coffee, coconut oil, ghee, or clarified butter. Um, and those are things that are just super, the conjugatic linoleic acids just feed your brain. Your brain just kind of just absorbs it all. And if all else fails, when I have bad times, all I do is put this on repeat on my phone, put my earphones in all day long, and just play it.
all day long. No. God, I was going to end with a bang. I've always wanted to go out with Eye of the Tiger, and that's what it was. It was a video like from the 90s with Eye of the Tiger. But anyway, well, I think the thunder is lost anyway. <laughs> anyway, perfect. My dream came true. Anyway, thank you, y'all, for your time and listening to me. Very blessed to be here, and um, yeah. Thanks so much for listening to Bulletproof Dental Practice with your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak. Online at BulletproofDentalPractice.com. We'll catch you next time.